This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast. I am Craig, and I am here to host you for episode number 79. Now, if you are listening, I am grateful. We are grateful. But I really hope you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, you should, because right over there, we've got Chris with the mother of all facial haircuts. Chris, uh, smile to the camera for just a second. I'm smiling, big as, I can, big as it gets. So, uh, yeah, for those who are, are listening, Chris has a delightful handlebar plus soul patch. I don't know what you call this thing. It's my own little flavor uh, it's 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 a, i couldn't stop laughing when he walked in the studio chris welcome back episode 79 oh it's good to be here it's it's the uh it's the hairstyle the facial hairstyle that just i get this look from my wife every time she sees me this look of disgust that just puts a smile on my face <laughs> and uh, that's a little peek into your marriage dynamic i think you said your wife is a hairdresser right she is yeah so she was uh, probably not not just disgusted but incensed <laughs> she was none too pleased we'll put it that way <laughs> I, I i was really strategic about how i went doing it so i could at least kind of get away with it for a little while yeah um i i i shaved the beard and um shaved down to the handlebar mustache or whatever mm -hmm. this is that i've got now and i and i'd left the sideburns but i, I well i wasn't thinking and that and i shaved one of the sideburns and then i started thinking oh crap i wish i would have left the sideburns so i left the one on with the other sideburn shaved off and then went and showed my wife and she <laughs> threw up in her mouth you know <laughs> one of those things she really hated she's like no oh no that's just gonna make me look bad and and I said so. Then at that point, I'm like, okay, I'll compromise. I'll shave the other sideburn, even things out a little bit. But I'm keeping the handlebar mustache. And she was like, yeah, what? Marriage is about compromise. It right, is compromise. Chris? Well, yeah. you know, people who watch us on video know that I have plenty of hair on top of my head. I just am apparently not man enough to grow it on my face. Or something. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very patchy. All right. Well, let, maybe we should stop talking about facial hair, Chris, and actually talk about the, the subject at hand today, which is May financials. Okay, so it's. Uh, we're coming up on the middle of June, and uh, it's time for us to talk about May financials. And I'm very interested to get to this one because you told us last month that you were excited because you know you're hopefully going to have three trucks on the road and uh, you know s starting to scale up from what we were seeing a year ago. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to get into that. Before we do, though, uh, any tales from the road? Anything to update us on this week? Yeah, we had a, just kind of a crazy experience a, a few weeks ago. Uh, Mike was going into a um, shipper to pick up a, a load, and you know, before you get there, before you even send your truck that way, you sign a rate confirmation. You know, it's basically the contract saying, "Hey, this is what you're going to be hauling. This is how much you're hauling it for." Well, on the rate confirmation, it showed a um, weight of 42,205 pounds, which is, is kind of near the upper end of what our truck can handle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with that one, with a full load of fuel, we can get up to about 43,500. So we're, we're about a thousand pounds shy of that. So on the upper end, but still well within kind of our range of, right. of where we, we need to be. So, um, he gets there and he gets loaded and then yeah, and they, he goes and scales to make sure he's within weight. And we find out he's like 200 pounds overweight. 
And and we get back there, and the shippers all like, well, yeah, that didn't include the pallet weight. That was just the oh, the weight of the product. And um, so to make a long story short, we ended up having to short the load. It took twelve hours to get that all sorted out. It was late at night when he got loaded, and so they had to wait till the next morning before they could get everything figured out. But you know, it, I'd be curious to talk to more people. I mean, we've we've been doing this for a couple of years now. At this point, this was we've done over two hundred loads. So this isn't like our first rodeo by any means, but it's the first time we've really run into that problem where the shipper says one weight and what they actually load on the truck, they give you another. And then they blame it on us and say, well, it was, it didn't include the pallet weight. It, you should know better than that. And we're like, "Eh, I, we've done this a lot of times and have never run into a situation where the weight posted on a rate confirmation is the only the weight of the product does not include the, the weight of the, the, uh, pallets as well so it's not you know it should be the gross weight the total weight not the net weight minus the pallets and to me that just seems ludicrous that they do that because you can't you know especially when you're talking those kind of weights you can't send a truck to a place you know hey it's going to be this weight give or take two thousand pounds because that very well could be the difference between you know being a legal weight and not and so i'd be interested to know how many people run into that kind of problem or yeah. run into a situation where what is contracted on the rate confirmation is the net weight, not the gross weight. So I'm, I'm curious. I know we, I don't think we want to name this shipper, but was this a, a smaller shipper that you're not likely to work with again, or was this a larger one that uh, you're going to have to figure out how to work with in the future? No, it was a smaller one. It's, it's somebody that we'd never hauled a load for before. And so it, it yeah, it's just really just weird. one of those things that people will want to watch out for yeah. out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's, that's an interesting one. Uh, so any, any other morals from that story or should we get to our numbers? Um, let's, let's no, no real more morals. Just kind of keep your eyes on that. It just, it seems really dumb to me. (laughs) I think we can agree there. So that, like I said, the main topic today is uh, getting to May financials. I do want to remind everybody uh, as we get into our subject today to go to hollandassetsllc.com where you can get full show notes and links to, uh, all of the, uh, materials and uh, resources that we mentioned during these episodes. So go to hollandassetsllc.com. Now, Chris, how was May? May was a, a, a overall a pretty good month. Um, we ended up running all three trucks for about half the month. So for the first half of the month, it was just one. So mm. it's not a, a full month. I, I think we're going to see that in June. We're you know almost halfway through June at this point that as we're recording this podcast and um, still have all three trucks running, uh, and, and it's, it's been good. It's good to have three trucks on the road, bringing in revenue. Um, yeah, especially cause uh, I mean, we talked about, was it the last episode when we talked about how the, how good the market is looking maybe an episode or two ago, uh, where the rates are looking fantastic. So, you know, hopefully Holland assets can take advantage of that. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so today, you know, we'll talk a little bit about those numbers. Also, after we talk about the numbers, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about what I think is really going to get people in trouble in the kind of market that we're in right now, because it's not rates. You know, it's it's pretty easy to make money with a truck. It's pretty easy to find loads right now. Um, so that's not really what's going to get guys into trouble. But I think there's another um, elephant in the closet. We've talked a little bit about this in the past, but something that, that guys really need to be careful of uh, over the next several months 
and if they're not, could could cause some serious troubles for their business. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a professional tease. <laughs> so stick around. We'll get to that in just a moment. Um, but let's talk about numbers then. Talk about how many miles you are able to run. Just as a reminder, we're shooting for hopefully between ten and twelve thousand per truck, right? Correct. So where did we end up this month? Twenty six thousand seven hundred twenty two miles. Okay. So you think about that. That's one truck full time and two trucks. Part-time. part-time so essentially two full-time trucks yeah um, so yeah so that's y- looking pretty good yeah it, it, it was pretty good it was a new record for the total number of miles for the month yeah, so yeah oh, that's great. good not by much but it was so and uh, what about the um deadhead rate on this this month um the deadhead rate was actually really good 944 miles which is three and a half percent of the total miles so that's that's a really good deadhead rate under your five percent okay yeah, fantastic absolutely. and that brought in a total revenue of what not bad. Not bad at all. Not not a record. March was a record. March was a little bit higher than that. Okay. But we also um, we had two loads that we ran all the miles for in in uh, in May, but they delivered on June first. So and they were both pretty big loads. That would do it. Yeah, and that and that makes a that kind of a swing would would really account for you know, the difference between a record month and not record month revenue wise, but it's going to be a great start for June. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, with that in mind, they delivered on June 1st, which means you're missing that revenue. So, uh, well, hang on, I'm getting ahead of myself. I wanted to talk about profit, but we should talk about what the rate per mile was because we also keep track of that number. Uh, what did that come in at? It was $2.12, which is, you know, a pretty good, not the best that we've seen in the last little mm-hmm. while. But if you look at the numbers and you put those two loads that we, we really ran all the miles for those loads in May, but right. the revenue is going to count in June. If you add that revenue back in to May, it puts us a little bit over $2.50 a mile, which is, that's really good. That's yeah, good. yeah. Yeah. That sounds about where we'd want to be. So, okay. So two twelve though. And so where did that get us uh, as far as, uh, was it a profit or a loss for this month? And we ended up turning a profit. So back back in the black, you know, last month we had a little bit of a loss, but this month was uh, um, a better profit, higher profit than last month's loss. So it was $7,582.17. Nice. Okay. So 7,500 bucks, not bad. Now my brain is still, and you know, longtime listeners may be in my boat as well. I'm not used to thinking about three trucks. So a year ago, if you had said seventy five hundred bucks, you know, I'd be cheering for three trucks. Is that okay, or is that uh, not where you want it to be? It's a it's a little lower than I would like it to be. I mean, we'll we'll take it, you know, especially mm-hmm. considering the fact that we only had two of the trucks running for half the month, you know. So so essentially, the equivalent of running two trucks full time, but having three trucks on the book, you know, paying insurance for three trucks, um, truck payments, you know, all those fixed costs for three trucks. Um, when you factor all that in, it was pretty good. Then on top of that, if you look at the P&L, you're going to see a few things that are expenses that are tied to, you know, bringing a new truck online, which really this is the first month we're bringing truck number three online. So there was some, you know, a little bit higher, you know, tools and equipment expense, which is stuff that we had to get for the new truck. Um, a, a few other things like that that affected things too. So you factor all that in. Also, you factor in the fact that we're still paying Nate and I more of that admin mm-hmm. um, payroll piece too. It, it's it's a pretty good month. I'll yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Sounds With, sounds pretty good. But the expectations are that next month's going to be even better, and we're probably going to get 
hopefully next month more in line with where you would expect the profitability to be with three trucks. Well, you know what they say, Chris. Trucking company owners make plans, and trucking company gods laugh. <laughs> right? So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's like with the saying in the military. You know, every, every you know, there's a there's a plan until bullets fly, and then the plan changes. It's, right. The yep. uh, the enemy gets to say too. Absolutely. Yep. In this case, the enemy being fate or rates or whatever we want to say. There's plenty of them in the trucking industry. <laughs> there you plenty go. of enemies. Um, okay, <laughs> that's. Yeah, that's what we want. We want to make this a uh, we want to make this an us versus them, Chris. <laughs> All right. So we've talked in the past about rate of growth for a company, right? You don't want to you don't want to dither. You don't want to wait too long if your goal is to grow, to add more trucks, to add drivers, whatever. But also, if you grow too fast, things get out of whack, too complex, too quickly. Maybe uh, your 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 processes aren't scaling well whatever how do you feel like holland assets has done as far as you've got three trucks now uh how is it going that way um it, it's been overall it's been pretty good our biggest challenge has definitely been keeping up with hiring and mm -hmm. and that's really you know a good segue into what i want to talk a little bit about today um because hiring is the thing that i really feel like is going to get truck trucking companies into trouble if you're trying to grow it's really easy to find freight right now. It's you know relatively easy to find equipment. You can find trucks, you can find trailers. They might be out a little bit, but those timelines are really predictable, right? You know roughly if you say, hey, I'm gonna order a truck today, how long it's gonna take before you have that truck. Right. Or you know, if you're going to buy a, a used truck, you, know, you typically can get a used truck relatively quickly and that all becomes really predictable but when you go to hire drivers that's a completely different ball game if you don't have a driver in the in the hopper kind of already to put in the seat and you go tr and you're just trying to find somebody from off the street it can you, you it could take you two days it could take you two months and you just you don't know and so it, it if you outgrow your pace or your ability to hire drivers and retain drivers you can get yourself into a world of hurt. Okay. So you're saying that uh, you want to network, have some contacts, and have some possibilities out there before you buy that truck so that, you know, so you're not buying the truck and having it sit for two months right. uh, while you're trying to find the perfect candidate. Yeah. And, and in sales, we talk about building your pipeline or a, a lot. And that's an important mm -hmm. piece of sales is building that pipeline. It's the same thing with hiring a driver. You, know, you want to have contacted a, a bunch of people well in advance and then you've got to find you know if you contact 100 people you may find you know 15 who are interested and then you may find another five that kind of get through your initial screening process those five are kind of the ones that you really want to deal with but it takes time to whittle down from that hundred possible leads down to the five who really potentially could end up working for you and so you want to start doing that well in advance of of when you plan on hiring because you never know how long that process is going to take. It's not super predictable. And you may hire one guy today and he quits on you in a week. And that's what I was just going to ask about is it's not even just about being able to hire somebody. It's about keeping somebody. And when you introduce the human element, I mean, like you were just saying, trucks are a lot simpler than people, right? A lot yep. more predictable. So you never know if someone is going to completely change careers or maybe there's a death in the family. They need to take a leave of absence or it could be absolutely anything. They get hired by another company for a better rate. Uh, you know, how do you deal with that? What's your what's your mode of thinking? Uh, how, how do you go about keeping people? 
Well, one of the ways that you keep them, obviously, there's, I, I think there's really two big factors. One, your pay has to be competitive. So that's important. But two, above and beyond just having competitive pay, is, is it's like a marriage. You know, you've got to, you, you as the company are not always going to get your ideal situation with the driver. And the driver is probably not always going to get their ideal situation either. And you have to be able to find a way to compromise where you keep each other happy. And, you know, that may mean that you're bringing the driver in from on the road a little more than you would like, or you're taking a little bit of a hit on a load to bring them home from a place that, you know, may not have the best rate coming out of it. There's just, you have to be willing to give and take on both sides. A driver has to be willing to do that. And you have to be willing to do that. And if you can do that, you can typically, um, you know, retain drivers a little bit better and that it that's what you want to do. You want to retain because it's, it's hard to bring a new person in the door. It's, yeah. it's never, it's never easy right now, especially it's just, it's, it's hard. Right now. What I, I am not a, I have no employees. I guess technically I am a business owner now. Uh, so, you know, that, whatever, that's a long story. It doesn't matter, but I have no employees. I have no experience with hiring people, but I do know uh, in talking to other business owners that there is a temptation in some cases to overpay uh, in order to, you know, hopefully build that relationship that you're talking about, or you're just trying desperately to, to retain people so they don't go go somewhere. Uh, is that something that you are dealing with now with your drivers or with any of your other employees? Can you talk to me about that temptation to overpay, why it's a problem um, and why people shouldn't do it? Well, I, I don't know that I would necessarily say they shouldn't do it. I just, I would say that there's pros and cons to doing that. Mm. And you, you take, for example, if you overpay a driver, or you overpay any employee, it, it probably there's a really good chance that they're going to stick around with you for a really long time. And that is a, definitely a good pro. Um, one of the negative sides is, one, it's going to affect your profitability. And, and most people see that. You know, they understand that if I pay somebody, you know, $2 an hour more than they could get elsewhere, that means that's a $2 an hour less I'm going to be earning as profit. Right. Um, but the, one of the things that people don't realize too, is that when you go to sell businesses, business, the, the value of your business oftentimes is based off of a multiple of your net income. Right. 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 So, you know, if you, if your business makes a hundred thousand dollars a year in profit, you're probably going to be able to sell it for, you know, five times that amount roughly. You know, it, it can vary from three to 20 times that amount, depending on what kind of business you're in, a lot of different factors. Right. But, you know, so you think about it, if, you know, say, say you decide to pay an employee $10,000 a year more than they would earn otherwise, just because you want to keep them around longer, you like the person, you want to be nice to them. Well, that costs you 10,000 bucks a year in doing that. And that may be worth it for you. But then you also have to think about, well, that's also going to reduce how much I'm going to be able to sell the business for later on down the road. And so instead of making, you know, a, instead of making a hundred thousand dollars a year in profit, now I'm only making 90. And so if you've used that five times multiplier, you know, instead of being able to sell the, yeah, instead of being able to sell the business for $500,000, you're only going to be able to sell it for 450. Right. So it affects that too. So there's, it's just, there's pros and cons of, of, you know, essentially overpaying employees and you have to decide is, is, is the headache of the employee turnover worth it to pay more of a competitive or below market wage versus, you know, do, does that, that stress of doing that and the difficulty of doing that, is that 
outweighed by the the difference in pay. Right. Well, and speaking of scaling a trucking company, we've been talking about timing and whatnot, but it's also important to talk about that uh, profitability where if if you're trying to build to where you have five, 10 drivers and you start overpaying the first guy, you know, because you like him, you want him to stick around, you want him in that truck and he's happy to stick around while the next guy is going to go, well, why, why is that guy making 10 grand more than I am? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know, and suddenly if you don't overpay the second guy and the seventh guy, then uh, you are, you're, you're, you have a scalability problem, right? You Where do. You're digging more and more into that profitability. Yeah, so. it, you've, it, that's just another one of those factors you kind of have to keep in mind. And, you know, going along with this whole hiring theme, that's really, I mean, that's honestly, that's one of the things that, that can cause trucking companies a big problem. And I think it's multiplied or magnified right now. But it's always been a problem. You know, I think of a client of ours that uh, a guy that I've known for years and years and years, this is exactly what caused his trucking company to go out of business. He um, grew faster than he was able to hire and maintain employees. And so he went from, you know, he, he started out as an owner operator with one truck, grew up to about 20 trucks at one point. But even at the 20 truck rate, he, there were times where he was having a hard time keeping 10 to 15 trucks on the road because he couldn't get more drivers than that. So he'd have, you know, there were times when he had almost 10 trucks just sitting doing nothing. And so imagine you're having to make truck payments, insurance payments, trailer payments, all that on, on 20 trucks when you've only got 10 of them running. It's just, it's not sustainable. Right. And yeah, and we should... Now, shift gears a little bit uh, because you mentioned insurance, and I know that's something that you have talked about where every time you add a new truck, um, it's not just about the drivers. Obviously, that's you know the biggest and most stressful expense, but it's not the only one. There are the fixed expenses like insurance. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about uh, those issues when it comes to adding trucks to your fleet. Well, it's, it's just when, when you... So talking about insurance specifically... Um, when you grow, there's one advantage that comes along as the bigger that you get when it comes to insurance. Um, insurance companies, the carriers look at trucking companies in two different categories, basically. One category, they, they typically call it non, the non-fleet category. The other category is the fleet category. And, and the break, up, well, the, I don't know how I want to word it, but the breaking point or where you kind of transition from non-fleet to fleet depends on whether it's like Northland Insurance or Progressive Insurance or um, Berkshire so they're, Hathaway. They're all going to They're all going to be number. a little different. Yeah, but it's somewhere around that 15 truck range. It could be 10, it could be 20, but sometime around that, that 15 truck range, they usually make that switch. And it's a pretty big deal because when you're smaller and you're in that non-fleet range, they rate you based on the number of trucks. So you're paying your insurance premium based on the number of trucks you have. So if you have 10 trucks, but five of them are sitting, you're paying insurance on 10 trucks. Right, right. But when you get into that fleet category, they actually charge your insurance based on the miles you drive. And so you could essentially have five trucks sitting and you're not paying insurance on them because they're not putting miles on. And so that's a big advantage in that situation. So it, it, it makes it so having an, a, an extra truck or two sitting is not nearly as impactful to your bottom line as it would be for a smaller trucking company. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, good. Well, anything else, uh, Chris, that we want to go over when it comes to the numbers this month, any challenges or successes 
uh, maybe from the profit and loss statement. Anything else that we want to dig into? I don't think so. I think that covered it pretty well. Okay. All right. Good. Well, uh, let's get into this week's impact tip then. And I, I just peeked ahead a little bit and it looks like we may have even touched on this a little bit already. We did. Yeah. You, you, you've said the word a few times. <laughs> okay. And that word is? Scalable. All make right. your Make your company scalable. Make your company scalable. All right. Yep. So what is, I mean, we've talked about that with a couple of very specific uh, instances, but what does that mean for you? Um, so this is actually one of my favorite tips because it's one of those things that, you know, especially if you're trying to grow, you have to make your company scalable. But even if you're not, say you just anticipate being an owner operator your whole career. And there's, you know, like we said before, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that making your company scalable is going to benefit you in a lot of ways, even if you don't plan on growing. So it basically means having a business that can adapt to increase workloads. Um, and that can only happen if you've got really good systems in place. Um, you know, systems for buying trucks, systems for hiring drivers, uh, a good billing system. So your, your clients get billed and it's important that you have those necessary systems in place so that as you grow, you're not compounding problems. So when you're small, it, you know if you've got a little problem, you know something that's that's not running super efficient or super smoothly. A lot of the times, you know, you can handle it, right? It, it it's a pain in the butt, but it's manageable. Yeah. But as you grow, that problem or that inefficiency grows with you, and <laughs> right. it doesn't take very long before that that inefficiency or that problem in your system gets to the point where it's overwhelming and it can, you know, eventually destroy a business if you're not able to get it fixed. Wow. Okay. So what, um, you're, you're talking about a specific inefficiency or flaw in a system. Uh, what are some of the most common ones you've seen? Uh, I mean, you, you cited building good systems for billing clients, hiring drivers, buying trucks, whatever. What, uh, do you have like a number one, number two, uh, what are, what are the, most important things that you need to have in place as far as good systems? So I would say the first one's hiring. You've got to have, if you're going to grow, you know, especially if you continue to grow, you know, exponentially, you know, try to grow to five to 10 to 15 to 20 and just kind of keep growing. You've got to have a good hiring system in place because not only do you have to be able to keep up with the number of units that you're bringing into your company, but you also have to keep up with the number of drivers that are leaving. Because no matter how good of an employer you are, you're going to have people move on to other things. And so you've got to be able to hire at a rate where you're keeping up with those new trucks and you're keeping up with the guys that are going out the back door. Okay. All right. Well, anything else on that impact tip? Uh, I, I would say, so yeah, I, I would look at the number two issue that I see. The number two oh, issue okay. is really billing. Um, if you have an inefficient billing system and you're not tracking, you know, the jobs that are completed and how you're invoicing things and making sure those payments are getting paid, um, it gets really easy as you grow to all of a sudden have things slip through the cracks. And so, you know, you may bill an invoice and get it out to the person and they have a paperwork problem and they're not going to, a lot of times they won't tell you there's a paperwork problem. They're going to wait for you to contact them and say, oh, wait, well, we're missing this page of the BOL. We need that before we cut the check. You know, if, if things are slipping through the cracks and you're not seeing those and you're not catching them, then all of a sudden you're going to not get paid on some jobs. And it doesn't take very long before you, you know, if you're missing a certain percentage of, of payments, it's going to, you know, completely eat away your net 
your profit. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, Chris. So make your company scalable, even if it's just you, right? Yeah. So I like that. Um, all right. Anything else for today? I think that's it. Good. All right. Well, that was the main numbers. Hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Uh, please, like I said, go to hollandassetsllc.com for full show notes, for links, for the profit and loss statement for this month. Uh, that's one of the things, Chris, I know that people say they appreciate uh, when they leave reviews on iTunes. Please leave reviews on iTunes. <laughs> uh, they, they say, you know, I really appreciate the, uh, the transparency that you provide. And so that's and that is how we do it. Uh, or at least one of the ways is by providing these documents at hollandassetsllc.com. So go there, find us on Facebook. Please go subscribe on YouTube so you can see Chris's mustache in all its hideous, hideous glory. Uh, <laughs> so, Trust me, it'll be well worth it. Is it? Is it? Uh, is it coming off? Are you going to? To uh, yeah, I've, going I've back got, to camp. Or? I do. I've got drill this this coming weekend. So yeah, it's got to go away. Okay, all right. That or I'll have to do a, who knows how many extra push-ups. And I'm too old for that stuff now. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? <laughs> what, are you, what are you, 80, Chris? Come yeah, on. pretty close. Okay. All right. So thanks, everybody, again, for listening. We hope to see you in a couple weeks uh, for the next episode. We'll see you then. See you later. <laughs>